Wellness Warriors! How are you doing? This is Dr. Katrina Nieskern, physical therapist and coach, and I'm coming to you live on this beautiful day here to inspire, uplift, and motivate you, sharing some information, insight on our four pillars of wellness, which is mind, body, soul, and spirit. I'm here to help you to inspire you, to educate you, to uplift you, and to grow right alongside you. I hope you get the most from this podcast, and if you do, please share, like, comment, leave a review, and uh, give it to someone else. Hopefully that maybe we can make a difference in their lives as well. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Wellness Warriors. Today, I am sitting here with a dear friend of mine, Miss Emily Buck. She is an amazing woman. Um, we met dancing over 20 years ago, and she has now five children and is just as teeny as she was 20 years ago, um, but is a great ideal role model in faith and in life and I am just excited for you guys to hear her story and her journey and how she has um, found wellness in her life and what that means to her. So Emily, tell us a little bit about your story. Well, I, like Katrina said, I grew up dancing. Um, I did ballet my whole life, um, which was very natural for me. I was a very energetic, very active little girl, and I had the right build for ballet. And so it drove me, um, it kept me focused, it kept me excited, it helped me navigate my world. It was an easy definition for me because I fit the bill. Um, I defined every decision I made, everything that I chose as a child growing up was because I was a ballerina. Mm -hmm. And so I ate what I ate and I exercised how I exercised and did what I did um, because that's who I was. And that was good for me until I graduated from high school and moved to LA and tried to pursue dancing there. Um, I went by myself. I stayed with family. Um, I had some really great experiences, but I had some really difficult, scary, hard experiences. I danced with a professional ballet company. I did a work-study scholarship. Um, but as much success as I was having with dancing, I was really losing myself um, to the point that after completing a guest artist contract in Hawaii, I flew home, got in my car, called my parents from Vegas and said, I hate this, can mm -hmm. I please come home? Mm -hmm. And I went home and um, I had probably had every struggle and been exposed to and introduced to every struggle that dancers have. Sexual harassment, um, drug, drug abuse, 
you know, all eating disorder, body abuse, anorexia, bulimia, um, all of those different things, lots of self-loathing and um, lots of depression and anxiety, lots of self-medicating. Um, and when I came home, I just said enough. I don't, I don't want, I don't want to have a thing to do with it. Mm. And, um, so I just started pursuing other things. I went to college. I, um, lived at home with my parents. Um, I substitute taught in high schools and did all kinds of things. And, um, I didn't really find myself in any of that. Um, and strangely, what really brought me back to myself and sort of helped me was getting diagnosed with celiac disease. Mm. So at, let's see, 25 years old, I lost 25 pounds in six weeks. Holy crap. And you yeah. are teen. And this girl's 5'7", five, five, seven. Seven, and she weighs 115 pounds. Yeah, so, so. I'm 5'7". <laughs> I, I was under 100 pounds for a year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because we couldn't, I mean, in 2004, celiac disease was the most misdiagnosed disease in America. Right. And so even though we knew what I had, we had no idea what I could eat. Right. We didn't know what I could eat. We had to, um, I remember going into Barnes & Noble and saying, I need books about gluten-free eating and celiac disease. And we had to order books from the publishers. Mm. because they didn't even have them available there was nothing there was nothing wow but the fear I I mean I lost so much weight this was 12 years ago 25 or 13 years ago it was 2004 so 15 years ago yeah 15 years ago so the fear for me was is because I lost so much weight so fast I started having heart trouble yeah my organs were depleting um I was told that I would probably never be able to have kids mm-hmm. um because I couldn't get my body fat above seven percent mm-hmm. and it was really, really frightening because I'd spent my whole life defining myself as like a thin healthy, healthy active person, and this rocked my world. Mm-hmm. I wasn't dancing. And so the definition of who I was wasn't really a ballerina anymore. Um, And I just was kind of losing myself and just reaching for anything Mm -hmm. that I could grab onto. And luckily, my parents were there to help me, to help me settle into what I was experiencing and to sort of give me this ability to accept my situation. I thought nobody's ever going to want to marry me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't go out to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, our stories are so yeah. Right? Well, I'd go out to eat. Mm-hmm. I'd go out on a date. We'd go out mm-hmm. to eat. We'd be with a group of people, and it was like, I need a salad and water. Yeah. And, and it was everyone like, judges you and for everyone being thin, judges me. Or like, if you ask oh, for special accommodations, you're yeah. seen as high maintenance, maintenance? and yes. like you have this fear and stipulation of going out, and then you start yes. to isolate. Yes. Like, and even when I met my husband, the mm-hmm. first few times we went out to eat, I was very, very careful about what I ordered, um, and I tried to find things on the menu that I wouldn't have to alter because I was scared that he would see me as broken and 
I would, damaged. I would call the restaurant before and pre-order my meal. I mean. Because I didn't want to make a say. I would look at the menu. I would pick out the restaurant and I would pre-order it before right? I would go. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a really, that was a really difficult time, um, for me in terms of like health and wellness. Um, I was, I was spending a lot of times outdoors. I was doing a lot of hiking. Um, I hiked the Grand Canyon rim to rim. Um, mm. And so I was just trying to find like energy and activity and solace and a sense of who I was. But I think a big turning point for me in terms of health and wellness is I watched a video about a woman who had been in an airplane crash and um, she had been burned. 80% of her body had been burned and she was a mother. And she remembers waking up from a coma and not wanting her children to see her and wanting to die mm -hmm. because she didn't want her children to think she was scary. Mm. And she had this moment in her video of her story where she said, but I am not my body. Mm. And that was so pivotal for me in terms of like a mental awakening about what it meant to be fit and well and happy and healthy mm. because I had invested every ounce of energy yes. and everything of my life into mm. my body. Yes. I am my body. Yes. My body serves the purpose of my life. I am and my body. as a dancer, that is your, I mean... That's your tool. Like, totally. literally, that's why we take such good care and obsess about it. Because, like, if you don't have your body, you, you can't nothing. be a dancer. Yeah, and you when you've nothing. identified yourself as a dancer your entire life, yep. and then stripped away from you, you're like, well, what the F am I? What right. is my life about? Right. Our belief systems are ingrained in us before we're yep. 20. That's who I am. I am a dancer. I am a ballerina. Oh, look at Emily, the little ballerina. Emily, she's such a cute little ballerina. So the sweet little ballerina. Oh, and this is Emily. She's the ballerina. So how did you take that pivotal... How did that so, resonate and where did you go from there? So when I heard that, I am not my body, it, it really was like a slap in the face to me, like that I had taken so many things for granted. Mm -hmm. That even though I was struggling through this health issue and I was struggling with this life issue of trying to figure out who I was without dance, mm -hmm. um, it shifted my perspective and it helped me realize that my body is a tool to help me enjoy what I love. Yes. So I want my body to be healthy and well so that I have energy to spend time in the mountains. Yes. I want my mind to be clear because I want to read and take in information yes. and, and know little bits of things about everything. And I love fiction and I love nonfiction and history mm. and just all kinds of reading. I love reading self-help and self-awareness books. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, I mean, in that moment, I really felt almost like a weight lift like oh my gosh I can I can use my body and not be my body mm -hmm. and so I think you know before I met my husband I never wanted to get married I had never wanted to um, have children I had never wanted to do any of that but and it's interesting how all of this happened at the same time mm -hmm. so I stopped dancing I got diagnosed with celiac I had to drop out of university um, 
and I met my husband. (laughs) (laughs) And it all kind of happened. And I had to move back home. I had to move back in with my parents. Why did you have to drop out of university? Because I couldn't, um, losing that much weight that quickly, I had no energy. Yeah. I couldn't complete assignments. I was Mm -hmm. a reader grader Mm -hmm. um, for a couple of my professors. And I couldn't grade papers because Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I was so, I was dehydrated and hungry and malnourished and you're you're, yeah when you're you're in survival you can't yeah so so I could so I had to stop everything and um yeah so it was just this interesting turning point and I met my husband and he had he had such a healthy life perspective Mm -hmm. where he appreciated thin and fit Mm -hmm. but he appreciated health and energy more Mm. and so it made me feel like I could balance that with his help Mm -hmm. you know what I mean that I Mm -hmm. didn't have to be anything yeah but I could just be I that I needed to focus on being well so I met him and I wanted to for the first time in my life I wanted to get married I thought oh my gosh I want to get married (laughs) um and he's 12 years older than me and never married so um it was weird just to think for the first time ever. But then all of a sudden the fear of not being able to have children mm. came to me because and in the same moment I, I went, oh my gosh, I want to get married. I thought, oh my gosh, I want to be a mother. Mm. I, want to have, I want to have this brood of kids and I want to see them grow and discover and develop and help them, you know. And, um, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to have kids. Mm-hmm. And even when I went and saw my OB, she said, well, you know, like you're functioning. Um, your hormones are fine, but you're 7% body fat. And it's, it will be very difficult for you to get pregnant. Um, you know, but God had another plan for me. And <laughs> nine months later, I had my first baby. <laughs> <laughs> So it just kind of, um, it just kind of was that immediate. I mean, we got married, I got pregnant, we had our first baby, and carrying a child and being responsible for that growing child's yeah. health was a whole yeah. new experience. How old were you when you were me. pregnant with the first one? So Elizabeth was born in 2007. Which would have made me 26. 26. 26. So she has a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 9-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 2-year-old. To give you a little perspective. And she's now 38. Yeah. So once I was able to sort of... I mean, it, it it was a huge transition. I went from being a single ballerina living in L.A., to in a very very short time being married not dancing at all Mm -hmm. and having my first child Mm -hmm. I mean that all happened very very quickly in a whirlwind but that whirlwind almost helped me Mm -hmm. because it got me outside of myself and it forced you to get better fast It, it forced me to get better fast because all of a sudden there was this little person who needed me and I couldn't be tired and I couldn't be mm-hmm. in bed and I couldn't be at the gym for three hours a day. Yes. You know what I mean? And so it made, it balanced my life in a way that I don't think would have happened had the stars not aligned to sort of 
make that. And then I had, I had my daughter in 2007, I had another daughter in 2008, and I had a son at the very beginning of 2010, so that when my son was born, I had a two-year-old, a one-year-old, and a newborn baby boy. Oh my God. So that was, that was a challenge. And my husband went back to school to get his MBA. So not only did I have all these little people, but I was having all these little people by myself, you know, and managing. And it just, it really just forced me to change my perspective on Mm -hmm. my health. And because my, my kids and my husband, they didn't need me to be skinny. Yep. They didn't need me to be fit. Yes. They needed me to be mom. They needed me to be fun. They needed me to play outside and and have energy and and be well so that they could be well. And I felt that. So tell me how you use the four pillars of mind, body, spirit, and soul to find that balance. Like what do you currently do? to and it's trial and error and there's good Mm -hmm. days and bad days definitely Mm -hmm. but what did you find um with mindset what strategies do you use what do you use for body nutrition spirit energy and then soul with faith so for mindset um so my my blood type is b positive Mm -hmm. and so my husband always my husband Paul always reminds me you know M you need to be positive because it's in your blood <laughs> I love and that. that's kind of what we always say just because my husband's an entrepreneur and so we live in the land of feast and famine mm-hmm. and good years and bad years and but we have always survived and lived well and it's easy to get caught up in the the story of everyone's on vacation but me. Mm-hmm. Everyone's out to lunch but me. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing everything but me. And to start feeling bad about what um, what your life is. Mm-hmm. But just trying to, number one, keep what comes out of my mouth positive. Yeah. That makes a very, very big difference when I really have decided to not complain. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's even... It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard, but it's... and I, I we're wired to focus on negative as right. humans. We're wired to focus on the gaps and the lack. Even if there's 10 things positive, we remember the one thing negative. I just listened to that this morning. In the yeah, podcast. and our mind just sees that. I mean, if you're... Every time I think about getting a new car, I think, oh, I would really like a black... I drive a, a Yukon Denali. I would like another black Denali. I'll be darned if I don't drive down the street and every single car I see is a black Denali. Yeah, because because you're my mind on that. is focused on yeah. that, and that's what I see. And so, if I can just keep number one, everything positive. Number one is just I love the idea of radical self acceptance, of self acceptance and accepting everyone else where they are. Yes, my mom and I were just talking about this morning. So I love, I love to let people be. Um, I That's have, what our society needs. Well, I have a really great friend, and I, I like helping people. Um, I really like being there for people. But one thing that he said to me when I was really struggling to help a friend was um, in his therapy, he has found that he can't work harder than his patients. 
because he will work himself to death and they will never change. Yes. Right? As a and healthcare s- provider, I, right? I, the burnout, yeah. Yeah, so that just kind of helped me help me understand that people aren't going to make the choices I want them to make. They're not going to be who I want them to be, mm-hmm. but they're, they will, they will never change unless they want to. But if they know that I love and accept them, then they will never feel alone. Mm-hmm. And that's important to me. Right. So what do you do for your body? So I have found that I have to exercise. Mm-hmm. For energy, for mobility, I really like to be active. It helps me with my afternoon crash. Um, But I know that if I don't schedule it, it doesn't happen. So what do you do for your exercise? So I teach at a high school, and every day during my lunch break, I found a gym that was close by, and instead of taking my lunch, I snack all day long, and I take my lunch break to go exercise. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do an hour and a half to two hours a day. Um, four days a week at the gym, and I get in what I can when I can. Um, what is that combination of strength, so, cardio? Yeah, so you... I do, um, I always start out with cardio, and then I do weights. Um, mm-hmm. I do like interval training. I like a little bit of hit so that I can get, you know, keep the cardio mm-hmm. up, um, keep my heart pumping in between the weight sets. Um, but I do just... I've always loved taking classes, mm-hmm. but I found that if I was trying to fit myself in the box of I can hit this class mm-hmm. from this time, and if I don't hit that class at this time, then my whole workout is yeah. totally shot. I've just yeah. had to kind of adapt. I follow a lot of great people on Instagram who post workouts that are you know great to follow, and yeah. um, I subscribe to Whip like Workouts. Who? So um, Callie and Quincy, um, mm-hmm. Quincy is I Heart Macros, and Callie is Callie Bat, and then Quincy's husband posts workouts. Um, they're called Whip Workouts. Um, and so I subscribe to that, but they, um, they do macro counting, but their, their fitness, um, videos and their workout videos are really, really great to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the ones I'm usually following if I haven't done my own, but I mean, just because growing up in a, in a, with a fitness mindset, I mean, mm-hmm. I've been lifting weights since I was 17 years old. Yeah. You know, so you learn what works for your body and what doesn't. And the other thing that I've learned is that what works for my body is not what works for everyone else's body. Right. And so I can't, I've never been able to work out with a personal trainer because mm-hmm. what the personal trainer has in mind for my body yep. is not for my body. Right. So I've just kind of had to learn through trial and error and how, you know, things make me feel mm-hmm. and, you know, understanding how muscles build and, yeah. you know, how you know, how to work opposing muscles to prevent fatigue and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. That's just really helped me. And then what about spirit and soul for energy? So I'm very, very community. So I'm very sensitive to energy. Um, I feel a lot when I'm with people. Um, and so I try to keep my energy positive and I try to stay away from, negative energy. I also use a lot of, um, healing stones, um, to sort of balance energy when I feel like my energy is out of balance and I feel like I'm emotionally up against a hurdle that I can't quite overcome. Um, I actually have a friend who makes 
energy healing jewelry. Mm -hmm. And so I'll research a stone and call him and say, you know, I'm, I feel like I need this adaptation to how my energy is flowing. And, Mm -hmm. um, because I'm so sensitive to energy, I can feel the energy in the stone and really, um, get healing from that and sort of a a different energy pulse. But I do also, my mother-in-law practices energy work and energy healing. Mm. Um, and so especially when I was pregnant, um, you know, you're having your hormones are out of balance and your tension and you can't do things this, the way you've been doing things and, and you've got worries and anxieties. And, and so working with someone who can balance energy, um, and who can transfer energy, has been very very helpful to me mm-hmm. and then just surrounding myself with positive people and mm-hmm. you know and then for your soul tell me all about your routine so to feed your soul and keep centered and not be distracted by so um all the things one thing is with my morning routine is that my husband and I do it together and I feel like that has been really great for our relationship not just as married people but as friends and it keeps us it keeps our trajectory moving in the same direction so we get up in the morning and ideally we give ourselves at least 90 minutes before the kids get out of bed but it's hard yeah getting out of bed when you have five kids is hard especially when one's two right when one of them's two well, on the podcast this morning dave asper he's like Kids have an awake radar, so right. you can wake up earlier. They sense when you're awake, and, and they, they wake up wake earlier. Up. It's, right. like, it's like I'm trying to do my breath and right. meditation here, but then you have little ones. No, so we get up in the morning, and the first thing we do is we come down and we brew our yerba mate. My husband is Uruguayo, so um, we drink a South American tea called yerba mate. We drink that every morning. Um, the warmth of the mate, the holding of the gourd. We drink it traditionally with a bombilla and a gourd. Which I'm drinking right now, by the way, and I love it. And it's delightful. <laughs> I mean, it's a very, very strong, mm-hmm. loose-leaf tea. Um, but it just kind of like opens our bronchioles and mm-hmm. gives us sort of that first um, breath of energy. And then um, even though we're both there, we always start the day out in quiet um, whether we're meditating or um, just journaling. We do not calendar, though, first thing in the morning. Um, we do journaling, meditating. We do scripture reading. Um, we have just like a really nice quiet moment um, with no electronics. Um, we both feel like as soon as you flip over that email and see that first text message, it just completely changes the energy of your morning Mm -hmm. so um so we do that every morning um and we really give ourselves and I mean sometimes it's it's better than others but for us um since my husband says his own schedule and I don't have to work first thing in the morning occasionally we run late because we are not willing to sacrifice that morning routine Mm -hmm. so um we have our mate, we do our scriptures, our praying, our quiet time, and then we we talk mm-hmm. about things. I mean, about life and how things are going and, you know, what we have going on and what we want to plan for and um, so anything we've been thinking about. You or dream. You Yeah, dream. You connect, yeah, we connect. Which is what humans need. We connect. Um, mm-hmm. We try, we just try not to let the electronics... And the emails and the Twitter 
mm-hmm. you know, checking your tweets and Instagram. We just try not to let any of that invade our morning until we've had a minute to like mm-hmm. connect with meaning and perspective. And do you guys have a night routine too? You know, um, we would love to have a night routine, but I think one thing that couples often face is one is a night owl and one sees a pillow and, (laughs) and that's how Paul and I are. So we end our day as a family. We always end our day as a family with a prayer Mm -hmm. and, um, when we send our kids off to bed and then we kind of have our own separate routines. I meditate right before I go to bed. So I have guided meditations that I follow, um, so we'll have like our family time and is then that an app or? it's an app. So okay. it's, um, I love the calm app. Okay. Um, it has seven days of calming anxiety, seven days of stress, seven days. And so I follow these guided meditations and I do them over and over again mm. just to help quiet my mind mm-hmm. so that I can have a restful sleep and I don't have the day running through my head as I try and fall asleep. That's awesome. Cause we have so much, you know, we have so much going on with five kids we're so busy and we have so many just life hurdles Mm -hmm. that things have to just sort of get settled so that I mean Mm -hmm. what I want to do in life is I want to I want to be a good friend I want to parent well Mm -hmm. and my goal is always to try and be more present I don't want to stand next to someone and be on my phone yeah I don't want to you know I, I just try so hard I mean, we had. And I'm guilty of that. I've been focusing on that, but it's such like when I'm. It's it's a way to check out. And like also like check in and especially as an entrepreneur or a business Mm -hmm. owner, like that's a tool, a resource. It's a way to connect, but it's using it as a tool instead of letting the tool use you. you. Yeah. So just trying to be. I mean, even at parent teacher conferences, Mm -hmm. I had last week with my kids, and in the halls you see. All the moms on their phones and the kids running while they're waiting. And I know you're waiting, but I just tried really hard to put it, like, focus in, look at my kids' faces, look at the faces of people who are walking by, make eye contact with people, because that is is a a connection that's so much more real. And more important. More important. More real. So much more important. Yeah. Everything else is just fake and all those mm-hmm. blue lights affect your hormones your ability to sleep which is when we rejuvenate i mean it we can go on and on about that but yeah this is you have so much information i i, I told her i wanted to do two podcasts because there's even more to her story and her wellness that encompasses this but so if you're going to recommend one book for our readers and one podcast for our readers our listeners um what would you recommend um, so if I were to recommend a, a podcast, I would do anything by Evan Carmichael. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a really, really great job of doing top tens, um, for people who are in a hurry. Mm-hmm. They don't want to listen to an entire yeah. podcast to sort of get the nitty and the gritty. Um, so I love Evan Carmichael's podcasts. And then if I were to recommend a book, um, so I have a book club in my neighborhood, and we're constantly reading and um, fiction, nonfiction. Um, what we're reading right now, and I'll recommend what we're reading right now, is a book called Flow. Um, and it talks about the good and the bad flow 
that we get into, meaning like the mindless routine and how so much of what we do in our day is a routine that we're not actually using our brains for anything. Yep. Out of um, 95% of our days. 95% of our day. And it's, yep. you know, I live right by a four-way stop and it always cracks my kids up because 90% of the time I turn left. Mm-hmm. And so I'll pull up to the four-way stop intending to go straight with my left blinker on. Yep. You know, and it's just, um, it's it's interesting to sort of examine that in your own life and see how much you're in flow and not actually using your brain to make decisions to Mm -hmm. be aware of what's happening around you Um, Mm -hmm. and if there was one tip in regards to wellness that you can tell people if there's one most important thing what would you say um Oh, that's a hard one. I know. Right? One tip for wellness. Um, I mean, you can do more if you need, but I try to narrow it down. Okay. If I could do one tip for wellness, it would be, I mean, I just think sort of accepting yourself where you are. Mm-hmm. You have to accept yourself where you are. I Right now, I love the idea of wabi-sabi, which is a, an Eastern philosophy that means um, finding beauty in imperfection. Not finding beauty in stagnant imperfection, but looking at things and finding beauty in the fact that they're imperfect. An example would be my husband posted a picture of me on Instagram and after he was done, he said, oh my gosh, sweetie, are you okay that I posted that picture of you because your face is really wrinkled? (laughs) (laughs) Which it's not. She looks like she's 20 years old, you guys. Well, and funnily, I said to him, sweetie, that is how I look. I laugh loud. I smile big. My face is expressive. And... I find when I look at pictures of myself, I I am learning to find the ability to say, you know what? I smiled big to get those crow's feet. Yes. Like my whole face smiles. And so I think we just need to allow ourselves to find the beauty in our imperfect lives yeah. and say, you know, I'm so exhausted today. Why am I so exhausted? Because yesterday I kicked Lived butt. Life to the fullest. Right? And be okay with that. Right? I have something, a little meme hanging on my refrigerator that says, I'm trying to be awesome today. But I'm exhausted from being so freaking awesome yesterday. I love, <laughs> I love that because love it just it. it just changes your perspective. So I think we just need to be more willing to accept our imperfections, mm-hmm. accept where we're at, and then try and stay positive to move forward. That would be my advice. I think that will help with happiness. Well, I love that. Like I said, there's so much we could do episode upon episode with Miss Emily Buck here, but Thank you so much for taking the time. We are yes. in this, her beautiful home here in Utah as I'm en route to California on my own journey about wellness, trying to build up more of a community and society for all you guys. So um, more is to come. All right. Love you guys. Have a good day. All right, wellness warriors. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And again, if you got anything from it, please leave a review. Good, bad, ugly, positive, whatever it may be. I want to grow and become a better person for you um, to better help you and grow along this journey of wellness. 
And again, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Wellness Warriors unite and we do it anyway. Love you.